Hey, you. Yeah, you. You, come here. I want to show you. This is what happened last time on the Incorrigible Party. After Falzern's death on the frozen lake, the party's only option is to ask the paladin's captive goblin for help, agreeing to owe a favor to his god if he calls out to it. Mia, Shaft, and Shakara unknowingly commit themselves to a Niyogi deity. With a bit of luck and a display of theatrics, it seems to have brought Falzern back to the land of the living. And over here? Eh? The adventure continues. Falzern, you wake up to find yourself laying on the ground, staring up at nothing but gray. And as you as you stand up and kind of survey around, all there is is gray. A landscape of of nothing. No features, no landmarks. It doesn't even look like there is a ground beneath you, which you're on. It's like this void. Uh, and, and as you're turning around and looking around, like completing like a full circle. But while you're standing on, even though there's nothing there, like you feel, it feels solid. And you can place a hand on like your own chest and you, uh, like your person feels solid, but you feel, you feel light, uh, almost, almost floaty. Uh, but, you know, getting to your feet, you've kind of naturally assumed this direction, like a downward direction, right? Where on what you're standing would be considered to be down. But as you're completing this circle and, and you're kind of returning to the direction that you were originally facing when you stood up, something has appeared. A, a city now lies far in the distance, surrounded by what looks like a massive wall, tall enough to block all but the highest, uh, the, like the highest roof of the of the buildings within it. Except for, for one single structure, a, a shimmering spire lances like into the this, this gray void that somehow catches and, and reflects glints of color from from a sun and a source of light that clearly does not shine here. There's nothing in the sky that would indicate uh, any type of, of, of sun or stars or anything like that. How far away does this look? Um, could I walk there, do I think? in like a reasonable amount of time? Um, well, you can certainly make out um, the, you can kind of get the scope of it. So it seems like it's a few miles away. Okay. Um, I think first I will just tentatively, you know, try to take a step forward and see if my foot gets purchased on more solid whatever I'm standing on. Walking, it doesn't quite feel natural here. It takes a number of steps before you adjust to that kind of weightless feeling that you have here. But you're you're like you're able to quickly adjust and, and do so, and, and you almost like intuitively gain this understanding of like the physical mechanics of, of movement here. At first, it seems to require more thought to make your limbs move rather than it being like an instant, like you don't think about thinking yeah. to make yourself move, right? But here at first you, you kind of do, you have to like concentrate to get your body to do what you want it to do, to like lift your feet off of the void of which you stand and, and you know put one step forward. But again, that quickly becomes like automatic as it would be if you were moving like on the material plane, because clearly you are somewhere different. Right, okay. I think since uh, that, that's all I can really see for 360 degrees, I'm going to head toward this this mysterious city, and um, I'll, I'll spend however long it takes to get there, I guess. You quickly discover that judging distance here is unreliable at, at best. The city, it never seems to draw closer as you try to progress towards it. Walking, you know, for what feels like 10 minutes... 30, an hour, and it feels as if you've made no progress. And throughout that time period, twice, the city is suddenly behind you, as if you've gotten turned around, though you have, haven't moved anywhere but, but forward. And then you, you reorient yourself and you continue to move towards it once more. Do I have any of my possessions? Like, do I have my bag of holding? Do I have any of my other bags? You do seem to have everything with you. Okay. 
I think Falzern's feeling a little bit confused um, and uh, and unsure how to solve this dilemma of not being able to get any closer to where he wants to go. I, I think he's going to test to see if his magic still works. So um, I will try to just cast Mage Hand, um, one of my cantrips, and see if I am able to do that. As you you make the the, the movements, uh, you know the the somatic and, and verbal. It's like you you successfully cast, but you it's almost like you cast you cast more quickly than you would. I suppose in if you were to break it down into mechanics, rather than it being an action, it's like you've done it as a bonus action. As you, the swift casting, uh, which obviously you know is not normal. Okay, so my magic feels uh, maybe not more powerful, but more easy to to do here. Yeah, it seems like you can you can almost like access the the, the arcane pool that you draw from, uh, like you know the, the the spell weave, like you just can you just have a, a better access to it. It seems here. Okay, okay, cool. Do I have Denny in my bag of holding? You reach and you open your bag of holding and attempt to to grab something, but it's just black in there. It's it's, it's another. It's another type of void, like, and you know, reach your hand in and try to try to call something out of it, and it just—it seems like it doesn't work. As you're, as you're, you know, you're casting your magic, and you're—it's like you're, you're almost like reminding yourself of these items that you had uh, before, and like how you used them, and uh, like you didn't even really realize. Uh, how clouded your thoughts were when you first woke up and started moving towards this city. It's like as if you were also kind of blanketed with this gray of which you're surrounded in, in your own thoughts. And then they, they start to clear up with these reminders. And, and the last thing that you do remember is being on the frozen lake, fighting the the Rem the Elementals, and the large, the adult shattering and, and exploding and you taking a, a burst of fire and ice shards and then just black and you wake and you woke up here. I think I'm going to call out, see if anyone hears me. Uh, I don't, it doesn't seem like it's likely that anyone's close enough to hear me, but I'm not sure. I think Falzern's not sure what else to do. Walking doesn't seem to be accomplishing what you would expect it would here and I don't really have any other way to travel distances very easily so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna yell um, and and see if I get any response or, or if there's anything that happens when I yell uh, hello uh, hello hello out hello. there hello out there hello out there is 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 anybody here can anybody hear me can anybody hear me can anybody hear me your words kind of echo in this nothing, which again is strange because there's nothing for those sound waves to actually bounce off of uh, to come back to you, right? Like as if you're not, it's not like you're in a canyon or something, right? And there's stone walls for, for the sound to bounce, but it still seems to echo. And what echoes back to you is this moan, this groan. Uh, uh, Hell, And it's it's a number of different voices, right? It's it's nothing. I don't know. They they almost seem like indistinct, but you can you can clearly. It's like this chorus of a response, and it too echoes to you. Like you hear the echoes of it. Um, I'm going to call out Alamar's name. Okay, Alamar. Alamar, are you out there? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Falzerin! 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 If you're here, this truly is hell. 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 <laughs> hell. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> okay, so I hear, I hear voices. They sound very, very distant. Um, and obviously, I don't see any bodies right uh alamar alamar old friend um I, i'm sure we're both happy to hear each other's voice 
Where? I just arrived in this un unusual place. 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 Where are we? Who who else is here? 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 This is death. 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 No, that can't be right. I... Uh, I have so much more to do. I'm, I'm, I'm too young. I'm in my prime. Prime. In the city, you'll be judged. Be judged. Well, I, uh, that's the problem, Alamar. I, I can't get to the city. I, I, I walk and I walk and it doesn't get any closer. And I seem to get turned around. One minute it's in front of me, then it's behind me. Behind me. Behind me. Things are strange here in the Fugue Plain. Uh, you must just press forward. The city, the city is the only... Way, you may get back, get back, get back, get back. Well, then, then uh, I shall try. I shall try to reach it. I guess. Uh, are are you? Have you been to the city? Uh, are you coming back, Alamar? We could use your help. Aspara is in a bad situation. Is in a bad situation. Is in a bad situation. I've been deemed faithless. Faithless. I remain here. In agony, in agony, in agony, oh. in agony. Oh dear. In agony. Well, uh, per perhaps I can say something on your behalf that could change their mind. <laughs> Do not make my circumstances worse, 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 worse. Uh, well, um, okay. I, I guess. We'll see if, if you'll have a companion here soon enough. Soon enough. Soon enough. Okay, so Falzerin is, is just going to keep plodding away, even though it seems like he's not making any progress. I'm just going to... He's just going to keep trying to walk towards the city as long as it takes, I guess. And again, the passage of time, it's, it's, it's really... Like there's no, there's nothing to, to show the passage of time, right? So it's all just what you can internally are trying to keep track of. But suddenly, after another extended period of time, you're you're there. It's as if you crossed a street to get to a building on the other side of it. You're at the metal gates of this city, and you're at the encircling wall that contains it. And the the moaning and the wailing is no longer echoing as it is clearly emanating from this 30-foot-high stone wall. The construction of it has countless bodies embedded into the stone, melded into it as if they've sprouted from it. Uh, they're part of it. You see limbs and skulls half-rotted faces in the surface of the stone. Arms reach out for you from dozens of people half-consumed by it, the stone. Still alive, clearly suffering. Some attached to it, like, at the waist. Some look as if they've been vertically bisected and just stuck to the wall. All around the contact points of, of these pieces of people... There's this green mold that seems to flourish and it pulses almost in time to the wails of agony. So am I, I'm still outside the city looking at this wall. That's right. You're right at, at the gates and, you know, you kind of take in this scene and don't have too much time to, 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 to react before you hear a clunk and another groan, this time of metal as the, the gates open. To, they look like humans uh, in full plate armor. They, it, the the armor gleams like, like the spire kind of does that from you spotted in in the distance, and that they hail you. One of the two speaks. Welcome to the city of judgment. Please accompany us to the crystal spire to determine the fate of your eternal soul. Uh, hello. Um, there must be some mistake. Um, I, I don't, I don't think I should be here. What's what's happened to me? How did? Yeah, we, uh, 
We get this a lot uh, every time we open these gates. I'll give you the same shtick I give, the same spiel that I give every single time. And he kind of pulls out uh, like a little scrap of parchment, right, to read off of. We're very dearly sorry to inform you that you are no longer part of the living. You must be judged. From then, you may have a happy afterlife or succumb to the wall of the faithless. And then folds up the paper. The the wall of the faithless? That, that thing looks, looks terrible. It's unpleasant, yeah. Now, I, I, I think I have a, a friend who, uh, there must have been some mistake. Um, I, I heard his voice coming from there, and, and sh- surely, uh, surely he doesn't belong on that wall. It, per- perhaps there's, there's some management here I can speak to to, to file a, an official uh, request that, that, uh, that they, they revisit his case. You can speak to the judge when he... When he judges you. Okay. Uh, well, I, I, I will I will certainly do that. Follow us. Okay, so Falzerin, uh, Falzerin will follow. Okay, you step through the threshold. They close the gates behind you. Another large clunk as it kind of locks, right? And they take you through this city. It's a fairly sizable city. Uh, the... Structures of which are, are pretty, pl- they're just very plain, made of stone. Nothing really more than two stories. That spire looming from the center of it above you, right? The people you pass in the streets, as the streets are quite crowded, it's it's almost a little unnerving. There, Everyone here just seems despondent, uh, vacant almost. They're just wandering around quite aimlessly as if they're they're lost like a glassy stare on their faces everyone shuffling you know left to right making you know moving but going nowhere um what are what about these people that that are just within the city they're not they're not in the wall of uh, and are are they living out this blissful? I don't understand. Those are the petitioners. They've been judged. Uh, they're neither. I mean, they're not faithless, so they don't get to the wall. They're basically waiting for their gods to come and get them. Oh, some of them. Some of them haven't even clued in that they're they're gone that they're dead uh, it doesn't really matter what you tell some of them and uh, just just very very uh, almost academic you know a hypothetical uh, situation what if someone uh, were to not have an association with a god well that is the academic as you say definition of faithless Right. Yes, of course. That that makes sense. Falzerin um, sort of shrinks a little bit in on himself. Perhaps a little bit of sweat starts to develop on his brow. He's kind of just very. He's he's be. If you were watching carefully, he's becoming like visibly concerned and anxious, and he's just looking left and right at this place and sort of coming apart at the seams with every step that uh, forward he's he's becoming very 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 concerned about what this place is and what his fate will be these guards take you to the crystal spire and at the base of it there's there's a doorway but like there's no door in it so it's like this open it's an opening that leads to a spiral staircase. The spire itself is maybe like a 15-foot diameter, right? Uh, It seems like it's just large enough that you could put a spiral staircase in it. Climb to the top. You'll uh, you'll see the judge up there. Uh, Any any words of advice? 
if you don't usually pray, maybe I'd start doing it on the way up. It might help. Oh, well, yes, I'm I'm a very devout um, man of prayer, so I I will certainly do that. I, I, I would have done that already. Um, uh, but but uh, <clears throat> but but thank you for the advice. <laughs> Good luck. Yes, yes, I, I'm sh sh sure I won't need it. Okay, so Falzerin sort of uh, trepidatiously steps forward into this spire and starts climbing the staircase. Um, as he's going up, he's sort of thinking to himself, "Oh, oh no! Like a god? What? I've never worshipped a god. Um, I mean, uh, Shakara. I, I don't really, I'm not really a big fan of Dendar." Um, but Mia, well, Mia, Thor seems, Thor seems all right. Maybe I could, maybe I could try and convince them that, that uh, Mia and I are, are devout followers of Thor. And he's, he's trying to remember, okay, what, what do I know about Thor? What does Mia typically do? Surely there's some lore that I've heard Mia talk about, about Thor that I can bring up to help, you know, sell my case <laughs> uh okay yeah yeah um you i mean you have uh like you've seen in almar's study you saw like the um the 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 gods like the the lineage right of, of thor and like you 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 certainly know the names of like his children and his wife I mean, you know, his kid being one of his kids being Talos, right? The, the Kralakina, that kind of stuff. So you certainly have, you, you do have quite a bit of knowledge about like Thor and even like Thor's family, right? Even like the lineage of the, that those gods. So yeah, it may come in handy. That's a good idea. Okay. You're climbing for what seems like ever, like uh, as long as it took you to physically get to this city, you were just climbing up these steps, and there, there are just so many steps no other pathways off of them it's just stairs steps after steps after steps and you're just climbing for but you don't seem to fatigue like physically it's kind of a different type of fatigue again it's more like mental like you don't get winded like you would normally right that kind of thing it's more like in, ad in addition to climbing and then your thoughts racing right trying to think about what you know about Thor, etc. That's where the the fatigue comes in, and, and you that kind of um, fogginess almost sets in again uh, as as you know as you're climbing and you're able to, to shake it away and and almost fend it off. But you get to the top finally, and it ends in a plain looking wooden door with a circular iron handle. Okay. Um... Falzerin, uh, again, he's like, he's sweating. He is literally, like I said, falling apart at the seams here. He's uh, unraveling, sort of shakily reaches out. His hand visibly has like a, a tremor to it, reaches for the handle and tries to open this door. And it opens quite easily. Uh, you step across the threshold into an amphitheater that is just way too large to be set upon the narrow staircase of the spire. The walls are constructed from that same like crystalline material. Everything and it is adorned along the whole, the whole circumference of it with tapestries depicting countless symbols of countless gods. The gray sky is oppressive above the open roof of this amphitheater seated upon a, a massive throne atop a dais just offset from the center of the space is a cloaked figure their hood drawn and cast shadows that obscure most of their face only revealing the sneering black lips of their mouth sinewy bronze skinned arms and hands with black fingernails they grip a small gavel as they rest them on a table in front of them. There's this thick tome splayed open on the table. The pages are flipping and turning 
of their own accord without this figure touching them or, or, or interacting with it physically another way until they come to a rest. And your focus shifts to another person knelt before what can only be the judge. Their back is to you. And the judge speaks. Lushki Ilmash of Aspara upon the immaterial plane, follower of a monitor, you have been judged. The figure slams the gavel onto the table with a loud bang. Lushki rises and looks up to the gray skies. They part very briefly. And it's strange, though, because it's like the gray isn't cloud coverage. It's just gray. So it's almost like a there's like a, a tear in the sky or in 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 like a material or uh, right if it was a canvas almost this like cut and a bra a brief flash of light you can feel the warmth of it it's sunlight even for that fraction of a second and the tear closes and and then standing before Lushki is this this bear of a man he glimmers and sparkles with sunlight long golden hair and, and a beard flow down the back down his back and across his broad chest and upon his head sits a a crown of sorts it's emblazoned with the sun and the crossing lines that you've you've seen and know that lushki wears around her neck the symbol of a monitor and her god takes her hand and they both turn away from the judge and walk towards you they seem stoic Lushki shows no emotion at first as she meets your gaze. And as they move past you towards the door leading to the spiral stairs that you entered from, her facade seems to crack a little and she has, there's, there's a sadness in her eyes as she, she gives you one last look before the two of them begin to descend the spire and the door kind of slams shut behind them. Um, Falzern is standing there, uh, grasping his hand that he'd used to open the door, trying to conceal its shaking, kind of holding it against his his chest or his stomach. Uh, hello? The judge beckons a hand forward. Okay, Falzern sort of looks left, looks right, takes in his surroundings, and, and very skittishly starts to approach. As you're moving towards the center of the amphitheater, you get to like the point where, where Lushki was, right? And in the stone floor, where you kind of come to stop, there's, it's like, it's worn here. And it's the exact spot that Lushki was kneeling. It's like worn from countless people kneeling at this spot before the judge. Like a, a an unknowable amount of souls passing through this spire to be judged. The pages begin to flip again of, of their own accord, coming to a rest. Falzerin of Aspara upon the material plane, follower of... None. You have been judged. But I, I've been... already? I, I thought... Um... Uh... Is there not more of a, like, discussion? Should should I... I can certainly um, uh, provide you with some evidence maybe you, you don't have uh, about uh, what I've done um, in my life that, that it might be um, might be very u useful for um, coming up with, with uh, a judgment. This figure raises the gavel. No, no, no. To, to slam it down. No, sh sh just, just wait, wait. Roll me a, you can roll a persuasion and try to plead your case as he kind of pauses with the gavel raised. Oh, it's a he. Yeah, yeah, it seems uh, It seems like it. Falzern's not going to have near as much uh, oh, ability I see. to. <laughs> oh, Falzern, why do you do this to me? You said it was a persuasion? Yeah. Unless you want to try to intimidate. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for Arcana. Um, a twelve. Okay, what do you say? Plead your case. What do you? What do you? What are you gonna say? Oh boy, it would be nice to know uh, know some of the rules for this uh, this judgment. 
Well, you know, I I saw this this wall of the faithless, and and I've noticed that you uh, have have labeled me as a follower of none. Um, I would just like to say uh, that, well, one of my very good friends is a follower of Thor, and I I don't I don't know if if it's official, but uh, Thor seems um, seems pretty good, um, pretty nice. Um, and you, you know, I, I've I've done a lot uh, to to try and um, better uh, Aspara, where I come from. Uh, I've done a lot to try and stop evils abounding there. Sh- surely, it's it's not simply a, a black or white. Do you follow someone? Do you not? I, um. Oh dear. You devote yourself to Thor. Well, like I said, I uh, I don't know uh, that that Thor maybe knows that it's official or not. Um, but uh, well, um, I, I guess. Call to your god. The answer received or not shall decree your judgment. Oh, okay. Oh dear. Um. Alright, so Falzern will kind of draw on his knowledge of Thor from spending time with Mia and and reading um, some books pertaining to deities. Uh, um, Thor! Almighty, powerful Thor! Uh, it, it is me, Falzern. Um, very, very close friend and ally of of Mia. Mia Brightwood. I'm, I'm sh- sure you've heard of her. I, I have also, uh, you may remember, helped uh, stop in their tracks uh, this Kralakina, or Talos. I, I have, I have done great things. Um, now would would be an an ideal time for us to perhaps uh, strengthen our relationship. Are you kneeling? Yes. Yeah, I think Falzer and it has has seen that that seems to be the common practice here, and he's um, far be it from him to have any pride in the situation. Okay, so you've knelt. I imagine you're now looking up to the gray skies as you saw Ulushki do as well. And a moment passes and nothing. Another moment, nothing. And the judge, gavel still raised, raises it a little higher in a movement to slam it and there is a flash of lightning followed by a rumble of thunder and as the thunder tapers off no figure appears before you but from the lip of the the amphitheater a spindly spider leg reaches over the top of it and then another and a massive neogi crawls over the edge into the amphitheater slinking up next to the judge and you and this this neogi like it's it's massive compared to what you've ever seen and fought right like it's it stands like 15 feet tall perhaps taller if it stretched its neck all the way up it looks thick you know like the uh, normally yogi like a like a spider like walking on spider legs they they look fragile right if you could just pick them up and pluck them almost but this thing is just it looks like it has some weight to it even in this weightless realm along its thorax there is a very distinct green and purple coloring almost almost like stripes kind of running down this the side of its of its body and its mouth when it, it it opens its mouth as it begins to speak it has like a a double set of of jaws inside of it the the outer set kind of opens up and and shifts over top of the the inner set as it speaks to you it's like it's creating it almost like creates this echo as it it speaks to you 
Haskell will take him. I claim this one. I deem you to not be of the faithless. Should you accept my offer? An offer bequeathed to you by those you travel with? Falzerin is very confused, um, but perhaps uh, even more than he's confused, he is desperate in this moment. He looks up to where he saw the lightning and the crack of thunder looks back toward this Miyogi creature, looks up, looks back. Uh, you, you say those that I am traveling with, do you, do you happen to know their names? Who, who, who specifically? My emissary calls to me on behalf of Brightwood, Forge, and Shakara. Oh. To bring you back from this hell. Uh, this, this is uh, a bit unexpected. Oh, where's Thor? Though I was really hoping for Thor. Paulsrin kind of looks down, looks at um, this very worn stone that he is uncomfortably kneeling on. Looks left, looks right. Remembers what he just saw entering here. And thinks back to Alamar in the wall. You know, um, I, I, I suppose that that is a a good offer that I would not like to turn down, um, especially if my close friends have petitioned for it. Um, you, you don't, you don't suppose that there might also be room for another to come with me. See, you see, my friend, uh, there must have been some mistake. Alamar, he, he's a, he's a worthy. A worthy wizard like myself. I, I, I know we've just met. I don't, I don't want to ask for too much, but I, I, I told him that I would. Your companions owe me a favor. Another soul would increase their debt. Oh. What, what sort of favor? One yet to be determined. But it will be costly. Well, um, I, I hate to ask more of my friends. Um, uh, Kazgukal, if I if I can uh, address you as such, per perhaps I could owe you a favor. I I'm I'm reliable. You wish to take that burden upon yourself and only you? Well. I think it's only fair for for my friend. Um, I I'm sure he would do the same for me. Cascals uh, turns to the judge. I will claim them both, if you'll allow it. And you see the the pages flip again. Alamar Zelwick, of Aspara upon the material plane has been judged. He can be removed from the wall. He may not be whole. Well, I I suppose you know you, you can do what you can do and I I, I understand uh, limitations. Um, but that that sounds great. And the judge slams the gavel down once more. And Kashkal will move towards the door that you entered. Kind of holds out one of his giant petty palp hands for yours. Falzerin tries his best to suppress the disgust um, that's most definitely appearing on his face and in his 
body language and <laughs> reaches out again, hand quivering visibly for anyone who's looking closely and sort of just touches this this spider limb. And you move towards the door and somehow just the two of you fit in this stairwell. It's just as if like it's all it was always the size that it was. It doesn't grow. You don't like you don't witness it like becoming a larger space to fit this massive Neogi god and yourself. It just seems like that's just always the way it was. And you descend the stairs. Rather than the bottom of them opening to the city, they they just the threshold, you step over it and you're outside of the gates. Alamar, Alamar, are, are you there? Valzarin! I have, I have great news. What now? Well, I, I pleaded your case, and I, I well, I'm, I'm not totally sure exactly, uh, but uh, it seems like you may be able to return with me. What? How? I don't know that I fully understand um, uh, but this this lovely um, um, cash cash <coughs> um, this this uh, deity here uh, has made us an offer I I knew if the tables were turned uh, you would have done the same Alamar what deity is this? Well, it's it's a, it's a bit of a mouthful. I believe I believe any kind of glances over to the Neogi god. I believe it is Kaj As you are addressing Alamar, you see Kashkaz has put one of his little hands on the wall and it's like as if he can shape it and like move and meld with the the stone as he kind of clears it immediately of the, the, the few souls that are still able to reach out and they're like clasping at him, right? They're calling for whatever god that they can think of to call for and plead with to take from this wall. And Kaskakal just bats away their grasping hands, like snapping at a few of them with his jaws and reaches into the wall and begins to pull and it's as if the stone becomes taffy and he pulls on it and pulls and like this long thread of it begins to pile at his feet. And as he's pulling more, you see like an arm come out in this stream of taffy stone, followed by a shoulder and then a head and, and the familiar face of Alamar pulling and stretching and pulling until there's a pile at both of your your feet and the pile begins to to like take shape right but it doesn't fully solidify right away it's as if like the the taffy like you've shaped a play-doh person right alamar looks malleable and flimsy like as uh, Alamar starts to tries to take a step and almost topples back into the wall uh you know you if you like grab reach out to grab a hold of him as you squeeze on his arm like you're it leaves like finger indents in his arm as you take a hold of him and you, you grasp him right and you pull him and you you, you catch him and he, he stands upright again you let go the 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 prints you left him kind of like expand and, and fill in like as if it, it, it return reverts back to at, before the indentation right very slowly but it's clearly like starting to solidify and, and take form and Kashkakal will brandish away from the city into the, the, the void uh, let us go yes uh, come Alamar we're going to leave this place. <gasps> he's taking step after step, and he seems like he is also like learning to move in this new body as well. Still not quite 
becoming a person. There's just, it's, he's still like this amorphous form, right? Still resembles Alamar, but not quite as solid as you or Kaskahol is. But you begin to progress into the, the grave void. The city disappears behind you. You just turn, you know, you look over your shoulder back to the wall as the moans cease. And maybe that triggers a look behind you, right? And then the city's just gone. You're, you're back in the gray void. Moving, walking as if there's nothing below you, but still feel like solid beneath your feet. Until you get to a seam. Uh, and and again, like it, with with Kaskal, the time, like the the progress you're making seems almost instantaneous, right? Like in a, in almost like a flash, the city is gone. You've been walking, and now you're at this edge. It's, you feel you can feel the edge. You you feel fi- the boundaries of this fugue, the fugue plane. But it's not something that you can see. It's more like you you feel it intuitively, and you you just understand that you've come to the end of something, and beyond that is nothingness, absolutely nothingness. And then before you, a shimmering portal opens. You can see beyond it, in, like in the portal, it's like looking. It's almost like looking at a reflection of a pond as it ripples. But you can see your body out on the frozen lake. Shaft, Mia, and Shakara are are standing around you and knelt over your body, placing hands upon you is a little a little goblin. Uh, and you recognize this goblin, you know, the, the one that the paladins had, the one you saw at the Neogi cave. The portal, the, the rings around the portal are set ablaze. And Kaskal sends steps to, to the two of you, kind of puts a, a hand on both of your shoulders. You and, and Gumby Alamar now. I'll be collecting your debts now. His grip tightens on your shoulder. And you can see his, his, his little hands digging into the malleable flesh of Alamar. He lifts both of you off of the ground. If there's something that you want to do in response, as clearly this is adversarial, right? You, your magic is fast here. You may have a chance to do something. Do I, does Falzerin think that Dimension Door would A, be possible for him to cast in the current situation from what he's experienced so far? Um, because I've only tried a cantrip. Mm-hmm. And B, would be capable of teleport, like ending us in this portal like i i would assume that dimension door wouldn't i don't know i don't know how the mechanics would work as far as trying to dimension door through an interplanar portal <laughs> but perhaps i could dimension door us just a short jump so that we're you know a centimeter away from the portal and can jump through you can absolutely try you, you are right you're not sure how a, a more powerful type of magic may may go here after only casting the mage hand um, but if you know dimension door is uh you choose well the thing is you're on a different plane so you probably would think that dimension door probably wouldn't take you through a portal right, right. like it's not an it's not a interplanetary uh form of travel but there's nothing stopping you from trying just worried that I'm going to completely screw our chances of actually being resurrected. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Falzerin thinks that as tempting as it is to try and prevent whatever negative thing is happening to us right now, I think he appreciates that this is a god and it is probably magnitudes um, more powerful than him. So... My options are Dimension Door or Blink. Uh, Blink won't help Alamar at all. And either of those might be interpreted as, well, they're going to be interpreted as hostile and could completely shatter this deal that I've just worked toward. But the portal is right there. I guess uh, a necessary question would be, is Alamar within five feet of me? Because if not, then Dimension Door is not going to work. 
Yes, yeah. Like literally two you're like side by side. There's a, a, a hand gripping each of you, kind of lifting you up off of the ground. Or off of the void, I should say. You know what? I think I've made my decision. I think Falzerin appreciates that this could ruin his and Alamar's chances at being brought back to Material Plane, but also realizes that this is perhaps the source of the biggest evil that is plaguing Aspara right now, and it's a risk he's willing to take because he doesn't know how having a debt to this creature could prevent the party's ability to save Aspara from this plague. So he's going to try to cast Dimension Door and take Alamar with him just to, like like I said, a centimeter from this portal so that we can just fall through it. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yep. So um, he's going to try um, as quickly as he can to cast Dimension Door and reach out and grab Alamar to take him with him. And like casting a mage hand, it happens much more quickly. Like it's almost as if you snap your fingers rather than recite an incantation. And why don't you roll me, uh, roll me a percentile. 64. As you are dimensioning, right? As you're, you're, you're doing this quick cast in like the, the, the flash of a second that Kachikul grabs on to the two of you, lifts you up and begins to just throw you into the void. You you grab a hold of Alamar and you dimension door in a place where distance and direction is almost meaningless. Uh, but you, you and you you do your best to focus on the point and put all of your mental fortitude into directing you and Almar to where you want to go to the mouth of the portal. And unfortunately, you did not roll within the number that we needed for that percentile, the chance for it to happen. And you end up in the gray. You end up past the border where there is nothing. And there's even, there isn't even like a nothing, a void floor that you are, you and Alamar are walking on. And as you're teleporting away, you see just Kashkakal turns towards the portal to enter it. Crap. And there's there's nothing. The portal, Kachikul goes through it. The portal closes behind him. And you and Alamar are left there in the gray void. That's it. That's all we have for you. That's our show. Be sure to follow us on the social media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all on the website, incorrigibleparty.com. You get all kinds of information there. Incorrigible parties sponsored by Critical Hit Design, you know. And all ambient sounds and music during the episodes are courtesy of tabletopaudio.com. And our intro and outro music was created by Josh Jarvis. You can you can find him at jamesmercymusic at gmail.com. Now scram. Happy adventuring. <laughs>